This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Fortress. Welcome to the future where punishment is the ultimate crime. Just remember, podcasting does not pay. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And there's no Atlanta because he is celebrating Easter. Yeah, Easter. Yep. He's just yeeting things on Easter. Like you do. Yes. Like he does. I'm having Easter next weekend. Mm-hmm. Which means I won't be here. Until then, you get to enjoy me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, and uh, thank you to us for suggesting this movie. Because, <laughs> Thanks, us. Yeah, because we're like, oh, Fortress. Because when we first saw Fortress, we're like, oh, is it the one from the 90s? And they're like, no, it's the one from 1985, the one we did last weekend, last week. But then Chris happened to see that Stuart Gordon. Uh, his favorite director directed this movie. So we're like, oh, I guess we're watching Fortress 1992 now. Yes. Yes. With Christopher Lambert. Also true. Yes. But And also a dude from the other Fortress. Yeah. Which is wild. It is wild and, because you wouldn't know because he had a mask on and I don't even remember him being in the other movie. Yeah, basically, yeah. And also, these were both shot in Australia, which is weird. Apparently, only movies named Fortress... Only... You cannot call your movie Fortress unless it comes from the Fortress area of Australia. <laughs> the Fortress region. Yes. <laughs> it's a it's a regional appellation. <laughs> or appellation? Appellation? How the fuck do you pronounce that word? I, I don't know. It's one of those things where I've never heard it. Yeah, it's the it's the epitome of words that you've never heard. <laughs> it is definitely the epitome. Uh, so, Chris, how does this movie start? In a car. With John Amplis? Uh, remains to be seen. He might have been mm, there. Okay. He might hide in the trunk. Yeah. It's uh, the dystopian future, of course. Yes. Because what other kind of future is there? None that I've seen, according to movies. And uh, we got two folks in a car. Yep. One of them being the Highlander. Yes. And one of them being the most 90s looking woman who was ever 90s in the 90s. Yeah. She's all 90 out. In the 90s. Yeah. She's just, yeah, all 90 out. And they're, uh, up to something, truck crossing the border to Canada. They they mentioned Vancouver as a destination, so yes, to Canada. Because we all want to go to Canada. Why wouldn't we want to go to Canada, right, Canadian listeners? Yeah. But so yeah, so they, and it's like crossing like fucking Mex- from Mexico and the United into the United States. Like you have to get out of your car. 
You have to let them scan the barcode on your forearm so they can confirm who you are. And if you have authorization to travel, they get to go through your car. They check to see if you're pregnant. Yeah. Because in this particular dystopian future, you're only allowed to have one human child. Yes. Fur babies do not count. Well, it's inferred, I guess. Ooh, I see what you did there, Chris. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and so, of course, before our intrepid duo get to the pregnancy scanning section, the lady before them tests positive for pregnancy and is uh, escorted to, presumably, prison. Yeah. And uh, things are going well for the team. They do not test positive for pregnancy. Yeah, because 90s lady is wearing some kind of pregnancy scanner thwarting flak jacket. (laughs) I'm assuming like it's like the metal plates inside of it to keep the wand from detecting her baby. Yeah, and boy did that take me a fucking hot minute to figure out what the hell (laughs) even happened at that point. (laughs) I mean, because like honestly, like the woman... In the like the fucking like neck to knee jacket that she's wearing, she just like looks pregnant. Yeah, and they they put her and they wave the fucking pregnancy scanner over her like the hand wand, and she comes out clean. And they're like, "Oh, okay, fine." And so they're like loading back in the car, and the fucking guy who brought one of their suitcases over to them just stares at like stares off into space, and you're like the fuck is like wrong with this guy and then they cut to the fact that like it's showing like the UNEF uh insignia on the collar of the flak jacket she's got underneath of her jacket and he's like they rip it off and she's like oh she's she fucking tricked the equipment with a flak jacket <laughs> and you're like i don't know if that's how that works but i'm not in the future so i guess sure yeah my my conventional pregnancy scanner would probably be fooled by that, but I don't know about a future one. Yeah. And this is like the, like the deep future of like 2017 or something. Yeah. The far off future of several years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking five years ago. (laughs) I, Oh, I, I had almost, I had a one year old smartphone at that point. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Because, listeners, I go five to six years between smartphones, because that's how I roll. And uh, a ruckus ensues at the checkpoint. Describe the ruckus? Uh, Pregnant lady in a flak jacket and Christopher Lambert. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, like, fucking sick German shepherds on them. They're running, like, across this bridge, like, if we can cross the border, we're safe. And the the, the German shepherds are, are unleashed. And you're like, yep, they're not outrunning those dogs. <laughs> but for some reason, the, the German Shepherds only go after his forearms. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And uh, 90s lady escapes, but Christopher Lambert is not so lucky. Nope. He gets taken down by the dogs, and then they throw him in a semi that kicks up a fucking metric ton of dust. Yeah. Well, in the future of five years ago, that's just how it was. Yeah. Yeah, they just have they have dust based tires on their on their semis. 
It's uh, it's more economic. It's more uh, ecologically friendly that way. And uh, he's on the the semi, and everybody one one guy in particular is freaking out. Yep, freaking out, man. Because they're on their way to the uh, the titular fortress. Yeah, the fortress. And uh, it's it's a bad scene, apparently. Yeah. Well, the guy, he's written a story. He wrote, I think he's a journalist, apparently. So it sounds like he wrote a, uh, like, wrote an article on it. So he knows how, how, how horrible it is to go there. And then the guy who looks like a poor man's Will Wheaton in the 90s, who turned out to be a fucking, like, what's, uh... Clifton, something Clifton Jr. Like the dude from Hellbenders is what I'd always think of him as being, but he's like a pretty, pretty well known character actor. Yeah. As is like the younger Hispanic guy. And we know he's Hispanic because he uses the word culo. That's true. Yes. Or I'm sorry, Latin. I guess in the 90s he was Hispanic. Now he is Latin. And so they uh they arrive at the facility, the fortress. Only the guy who's like, I wrote a story on this. It's like thirty-one stories tall. So where the fuck is it? Yeah, it's underground. Turn, it is underground. Yeah, it's like turns out it's not above ground. It's underground. It's a sick underground fortress. <laughs> and uh, only the cool kids go there. That's true. Yeah. And they're getting checked in to the facility. Yep. Where, where they get their uh, crazy fucking thing. We get a couple guys hanging dong. Yeah, like you do. Yeah. There is... Oh, and uh, thank you to us for... Uh, we. There is more dick than boobs in this movie because there's dick but no boobs in this movie. So we have increased our ratio. Yeah. We gotta try to keep that thing at least level. Yeah, you got you, you. I mean, honestly, it's hard to keep a positive dick to boob ratio in the horror genre, so we do our best. Yeah, to, uh, to at least break even. And uh, we learn that as you are processed, you got to put your head in the weird box so they can fucking put the intestinator in you. Yes, the intestinator, the the worst named item in this movie, according to my wife. That's fair. <laughs> I was legit cracking up in what I is supposed to be a serious it a scene. Gut bomb. <laughs> and uh, so basically, you put your head in this box, and then they force a tube into your fucking face. They like mouth rape you. Yeah, with a machine and this. Fucking robot ovipositor drops the intestinator into your guts. Intestinate. And <laughs> so, you know, most dystopian futures are satisfied with just your traditional explodey collar. Yeah, or like, you know, where you planted a cortex bomb in your head. Yeah, but nope, this is a fucking gut bomb. Yep, <laughs> literally a gut bomb. And they inform everybody. Called the intestinator. The intestinator. And you, if you go past the yellow line, it will cause severe discomfort. But the red line is will, death. Yeah. 
which they show with the, yeah. the panicky guy. Yeah, because he suffers from claustrophobia. It's a real disease. He has a doctor's note. Yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, I don't, I don't know if that's going to help at this point, sir. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, you, you're in an underground prison. Uh, it sucks to have claustrophobia, but you're, you're, you're not getting out of the underground prison for it because they make $27 a day off of you, as they state in the movie. <laughs> yeah, we make because $27 a head. This is a privately run prison. And they get paid twenty-seven dollars per day per person to incorporate to incarcerate you. It's pretty good. Yep, and it's like, oh, Stuart Gordon. I guess you you uh you you predicted Orange is the New Black. Way to go! <laughs> he was really ahead of the curve. He was nineteen ninety-two. So, uh, Christopher Lambert. Get shown to his cell, and he's still hanging out with his uh, buddy from the the bus. Kulo. His yeah. buddy Kulo. And it it turns out that they just kind of jam X number of people per cell, like whatever's handy. Yeah, because there's like already three dudes in a two bunk cell, and one of them being uh, Jeffrey Combs. Yep. With like glasses that make his eyes look really big. Which later on he acts like he's nearsighted, and anyone like me who is quite nearsighted, my glasses make my eyes look really small, not big. Like if you look at my glasses right, you can look and see past the sides of my head through my glasses, even though my glasses are not wider than my head. I can verify that. Never noticed it until right this second, but I will verify yeah. it. That does indeed happen. <laughs> <laughs> so his character should be far sighted. So obviously, this obviously this movie is trash because they yeah. can't even get that right. A zero out of ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, fucking Jeffrey Combs is like I don't know the fucking Unabomber with bad vision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then there's Lincoln. I think is the the guy who turns out to be a barber. Yeah. And then there is skinhead, I'm going to fuck you in the ass guy. Yeah. And he's buddies with uh, apparently one, like the head guy. 187. Yeah. You know what the that is. In, yes. Well, if you've watched, if you, if you are familiar with Samuel L. Jackson's, Samuel L. Jackson's oeuvre, you would know what 187 is. <laughs> That's a quality film. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Um, Hey, 187 is the guy from the Fortress movie we watched last week. Yeah. It was the duck. The duck who got beheaded. Yep. Right? It was the duck that got beheaded. Yeah, yeah. The, they, like, uh, impaled him on the fence or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And then the teacher was like, we're just going to go this way, children. <laughs> yeah. Eyes down. Eyes down. Yeah. Hold the rope. <laughs> and, uh... So the bald guy is like, yeah, I run this thing with 187, so you're going to do what I say. But Christopher Lambert, he ain't he ain't having it. No. He's like, I'm just going to lay here. I'm going to do my own time. And I got 31 years. But in 31 years, my child will be 30 to 31 years old. 
and I will get to see them because my wife got away. Yeah. And so everything else is okay. And uh, the first night he has a. Uh... Oh. Well, we also find out in the truck that uh, it was their second child, but that's because their first child died in childbirth. So apparently if your child dies in childbirth, you're just not allowed to have one. Yeah, you get one shot. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, you get one conception. If you uh, if you don't if you if you don't make that work, well fuck you. Yeah, which you know seems weird, but okay. Yeah, I mean cuz goddamn, you get like fucking halfway th- over halfway through this movie till you find out it's because of population control because of, you know, overstressing the planet. And it's like, but if if the kid doesn't survive, then why then why is having another one bad? You still only have one child. Yeah, like the other one's not there anymore. Yeah, it's compost at this point, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't one hundred percent get it. Whatever, I, I it's feel like fine. this was a reaction to like China's one child policy, probably. Because ninety two, ninety three, that sounds about right. And uh, so Christopher Lambert on his first night has sexy dreams about his wife. Well, and Lincoln tells him. You know, Lincoln Ford Mercury tells him, uh, don't, uh, don't dream. And then he's like, okay. Like, cause you know, you can just make yourself not dream apparently. Yeah. That's all you gotta do. Just stick real hard about not dreaming. Yeah. I mean, the only way not to dream is just not to sleep. I learned this from, I don't know, a bunch of Friday, or not fucking nightmare on Elm street movies. Jesus Christ. I almost fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> you caught yourself. And, Reset. <laughs> and uh, true to Lincoln's uh, foretelling, bad things happen when he has sexy, sexy dreams. Yeah, uh, with his wife, about his wife. And fucking Kurtwood Smith is the the head of the the prison. Yeah. You know, Red Foreman, if you're a That 70s Show fan, or a uh, Terrence Boddicker if you're a fan of RoboCop. Yeah, if you're a sophisticated person. That's right. If you like your Jesus metaphors done in cybernetics, then you know him as Terrence Boddicker. Yeah, if if you like your Jesus metaphors containing people getting shot the fuck up. Oh, God damn it. Can we do that next Easter? Yeah. Okay. I get yeah, RoboCop next Easter. Put it on the calendar. <laughs> Mark it down on your calendars, people. Yes. I would buy that for a dollar. I would indeed. And uh, Clarence has also got the the computer. What runs all the stuff? What's his name? Yeah. Zed. Zed Ten, voiced by uh, Stuart Gordon's wife. Yeah. And uh, Zed Ten wants nothing more than to intestinate motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> intestinate. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and she said, "Ten's like, hey, so uh, we should be intestinating this dude on account of the fuck dream, right?" Yeah. Meanwhile, Boddicker's like, but also, the woman in this sex dream is rather attractive, so maybe we should just let the sex dream play out a little bit first. Yeah, and we get to see Christopher Lambert's balls in the sex dream. <laughs> Thank God. 
Because I was like, I just heard my wife was like, did we just see Christopher Lambert's balls? My wife's like, yep. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> I mean, some people will hang dong, but only a professional will get the fucking the boys in there, too, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, especially, like, because, like, again, the woman, like, does not, like, she's in a nighty. You know, she's in lingerie on top of him, and you're just like they shoot her from the from behind. Like, oh, that that's just his nutsack. Okay, <laughs> I guess there can be only two. <laughs> it was this writer. Was, <laughs> yeah, I need I nothing have to but show my nuts in every movie I'm in. <laughs> proud M and M's and my balls prominently featured <laughs> at least one scene. <laughs> I mean, I mean, good for the guy. I mean, like it's. His commitment to testicular or to testicular movie making is uh, is very strong. So yeah, not the shaft, only the balls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not some kind of animal. You get my balls, and that's it. <laughs> you may pay him full package money. Yeah, that's right. And it's uh, it's order of the sock, but only down to the only down to the root, and then it's just balls all the way down from there. <laughs> And they uh they do in intestinate him. Yes, for having a sex dream about his wife. Yeah. Which apparently you have to like get some weird grid superimposed over your face to be intestinated. Well they have no no no, that's how they read your dreams, Chris. Oh, of course, the grid. Yes, yeah, how the foolish. green grid tells them if what you're dreaming about. And then they can just intestinate you at any time. For any reason, they can also just randomly intestinate you, we find out later in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think he literally, yeah, because Boddicker literally uses the term random intestination. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a thing you just say out loud. I mean, and like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, I'm just minding my own business in prison, and next thing I know, I'm, like, writhing on the floor in pain because some motherfucker's like, I don't know, just randomly intestinate people. You know, and just, like, but what are the parameters? Like, like you have to be able to say, like, I don't randomly intestinate ten percent of the people, fifty percent of the people. Like, the fuck, it's, no, just, it's completely random. Yeah, no, in my luck, I'd be walking down the, just walking down to like the fucking commissary to get myself some ramen or something, and like just get the one person, the whole fucking prison, who gets intestinated because I rolled badly for that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that'd be my luck. Anyway, we watched a movie. <laughs> so uh, the next day, everybody's heading down to rock moving facility. Right, because they make the prisoners dig out more levels to put more prisoners in. Yeah. And they get paid to incarcerate the people. So it's not even like slave labor, labor or indentured servitude. They're literally being paid to make people work. That, I don't even know what that's called. There's not a word for that yet. 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 Give, give, give capitalism time. It will come up with a term for that. Yeah, it's like, what? It's like double slavery. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even. I don't even know how how you would describe it. Right. Like I literally, there's no word for it. Yet. 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 And uh, while they're working at Rock Moving Facility, his uh, his little buddy, Kulo, Kulo, he's getting attacked uh, by one eight seven. Yeah, because well, one eight seven wants some of that sweet Kulo. 
He does. He's going for it. Yep. And Christopher Lambert steps in to stop him. Yep. And he turns around, and this is when we learn he is 187. Yeah, he is indeed, because he literally has it tattooed right on his fucking forehead. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Christopher Lambert's holding his own at, with a guy who's way bigger than him for a minute until everyone okay, gets yeah. intestinated. Yeah, <laughs> intestinate. It's never going to not sound like the stupidest thing in the world to say intestinate. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they put them in three laser cages. Yeah, which they call solitary confinement, which is not solitary, but is confining. Yes, I mean, technically there is one person to a laser cage, so in that respect it is solitary, but the fact that you can see three other, two other people at least from your cage means it is not actually solitary. Yeah, and there's like people watching them. They're they're like in a common area, like they're in the AV room or whatever, like. Yeah. And uh, old Kulo, he's not standing up to it because the whole time Zed is like, confess who started it. Yeah. Who you know, who initiated the, the conflict and they're just like, oh, because apparently 187 will kill them if they tell them that he did it. Yeah. So uh, old Kulo is going to break, but Christopher Lambert is all like, I started it. Bah, I'll save the day. I am Spartacus. Yes. yes. And uh, he's brought to Boddicker's office. And it turns out that like Ford Lincoln Mercury is uh, like literally shaving Boddicker while he's talking to Lambert. Yeah, because he's trying to get that sweet, sweet parole letter. Yes. Which... You know, he keeps getting sent, but he never gets paroled. So maybe he's not actually going to get paroled. Yeah, because the guy's been there for something crazy. Like, what, like 30 years or something? Yeah. We never find out what he did either. Yeah. Because it seems like he gets sent there for pretty much anything. Yeah. Like, oh, you jaywalked. You're going to jail for 30 days. And it's going to turn into 900 years by the end. It's weird. Good, good thing there's no systems that work like that in the real world. That would oh, be, yeah. that would be horrible. It would be horrible. I told you, Stuart Gordon predicted orange is the new black. And uh, this is when he learns Christopher Lambert learns that his uh, lady friend did not make it out. Yes, and his was wife also is caught. Also a prisoner in the fortress. Yeah, and. uh for punishment, he intestinates his wife. Yes. Just to show him who's boss, and then intestinates Christopher Lambert for fun. Yep. Because that's what they do. They just intestinate people for fun there. Yeah. And then he sends him back to his cell, you know, satisfied that this should stop his rebellious streak. That's right. But the next day, it it turns out that did not stop his rebellious streak. No, because 187 has words for Christopher Lambert. Yeah. And they, they get into a a bit of the old fisticuffs. Yes. And he does a decent job like holding his own against the dude who's way bigger than he is. Because, you know, it turns out he's a cap- he was a captain in the, the Black Berets. Yeah. 
which is presumably more elite than the green berets. Yeah, presumably, I assume. Yeah, well, it was like the UNEF is what they are part of, the United Nations Expeditionary Force or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure where they were expeditioning to at this point, but. Well, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so he's uses using all of his uh special forces training to hold his own against a dude way bigger than him who is also into the murderly erdlerine. Yeah, and uh, and they they somehow end up on a, a fucking catwalk bridge thing. No, it's because they're they're too sexy, Chris. Oh, it's true. It does hurt. Yep. <laughs> they do their little turn on the catwalk. And uh is like Yeah, let's hit the thing that makes the bridge fucking retract Correct. while they're yeah. on it. That should be funny. And Zed's yeah. like, shouldn't I be intestinating people? Because that's kind of my answer to everything is intestinating someone. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, I, nah. I have one algorithm. The algorithm is is intestinate. Yeah, it's one line of code, and yeah. it just says intestinate equals no. yes. It's two words of code. What ten? It's ten space <laughs> intestinate twenty space go to ten. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Boddicker's like, nah. Let him let him duke it out. It'll th- something. Yeah. So they're they're scrapping away. Uh, Christopher Lambert ends up getting the upper hand with one eight seven dangling off the side. Yep. And Boddicker comes over the intercom and he's like, "Finish him! Do as I say." <laughs> I have a I have I have a death warrant for him on my desk. Go ahead, kill him because I have ordered you to. Yeah. But Christopher Lambert ain't taking no orders. Yep. Not from the likes of him. And I think he calls Lambert by his character's last name, and then his wife is like, "What? What? He, he's here?" Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so she finds out that her husband is in prison with her, just you know, thirty floors down or whatever. And uh, since he won't do it, Boddicker calls out the uh, the fucking kill drone. The neutron cannons, which we get, we got fucking Chekhov's cannons on the way in because they're like, oh, and please note that neutron cannons, which only destroy organic matter. Yeah. And then he gets, so he gets neutron cannoned. And that means his intestinator is not destroyed because it is made of inorganic matter. So Lambert palms it. Yeah. He slides he it to. It will be useful later. He slides it to uh, Jeffrey Combs as he's been carted off. No, he slips it to uh, to Kulo. Oh, is it Kulo? I couldn't yeah, remember. He, it was one he, of the he two. Gives it, he gives it to his prison wallet. Yikes. Yeah. I, I don't know what's worse the fact that you said that or the fact that you know what that is. <laughs> I know what that is thanks to Deadpool 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,. They, uh, Boddicker lets him talk to his wife where he's trapped in the, like, gyroscope thing. Yeah, it's the mind wipe room, Chris. It is totally not a gyroscope where they flash lights at you while you are wearing electrodes not connected to anything. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's wild. And they make you, like, dream weird dreams of, like, Technicolor fucking uniforms and lingerie. Yeah, it's 
it's baffling what they're up to. I, did, I mean, I did kind of want to get my wife that bra that like was just changed multiple colors throughout the course of the the shot because they were, you know, manually color changing it in the film. But I was like, I don't know, it's kind of cute. And uh, his wife tries to talk him down, like, hey, just like, you know. Well, no, she says, they told me to tell you this. Yeah. And they told me to tell you this. And they told me to tell you this. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you tell me? And she's just like, fuck the man. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, bet. And apparently, he's in this mind wipe thing for days. Three days, and no one's ever survived four. Yeah, and I'm like, but somebody just kept spinning him again. Like, there's no, like, how how did he eat? Yeah, did he? And shit, like, shit would go everywhere, literally, because exactly, you're spinning like, around. Like, like, yeah, you you pee, and it's just like spraying everywhere. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it it's crazy. It seems wildly unsanitary. <laughs> I would not want to be the guy who had to clean up the fucking mind wipe room because there would be yeah. literally just shit and or piss and or vomit everywhere. Yeah, Chris would rather be the jizz mopper at a uh, at a peep show booth than the the everything mopper at the mind wipe room. Yeah, because at least the jizz mopper at the fucking peep show, it's not like a 360 degree fine mist that has covered the entirety of everything in there. I mean, if you peep show the right way. I mean, I would probably not clean that just as a monument to whatever fucking <laughs> animal of a human being managed it. Why are there stalactites in here? Yeah. Is that a lot? Or just like he was in here for four days? Like, I'm not sure. He must be drinking protein shakes or something. Yeah. Refractory period what? Um, yeah, so, but, so Boniker calls up, uh, 90s lady to his office and says, hey, so you got a choice. You could live with me here in my quarters and I will let your husband go, or you could not do that. And he's pretty much going to die in the mind wipe room. So take your pick. Yeah. And she's like, hmm. As long as I'm alive, Christopher Lampere will save me. Yep. And and then Bacher's like, yes, she loves me because she accepted my roommate proposal under duress. That's that's a good that's a good sign, normally. <laughs> yeah, she's totally into me. You see the way she chose to not get murdered on the spot? Uh murder the Erdlerd, Chris. That's how you know a woman loves you. Yeah, yeah. Like a woman loves you if she won't let her husband die just to be with you. <laughs> yeah, and uh, at this point, Christopher Lambert is just a mess. Mm-hmm. He's all catatonic. He's basically a zombie. Yeah, and poor Lincoln Mercury even is like, I saw your wife the other day up in Boddicker's office, and she was getting more and more pregnant, but she's living there now, and. Uh, you know, the child's going to be here soon. He keeps, like, trying to emphasize, like, the things he thinks Lambert will care about. And he doesn't really react. And then Ford Lincoln Mercury walks away. And a single tear comes out of Christopher Lambert's eye. 
Yeah. And he's like this for months in the movie. Like four months, apparently, according to the movie. Yeah, he's just like a zombie for four months. Yes. And at some point, his wife gets fucking Boddicker slammed. No, 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 no. You missed a huge part where she finds out the Boddicker gets his fucking oil changed by the machine every month. Oh, yeah. Like, he's a fucking cyborg. And that is what they do to, like, the children who are born in the fortress. Because everybody in the fortress belongs to, like, Mentel Corporation. Yeah, they're the property of the corporation. When I heard that they were called Mentel Corporation, I was like, oh, this is all going to happen inside someone's head, like as a VR or fucking like Total Recall or something, because it's called Mentel. It's going to be a mental prison. That's not actually the case. <laughs> not not the case. Not at all. And uh, yeah, so she she's like, OK, well, this dude has never had a drink in his life before. So I'm going to get some champagne and give it to him. And he's going to get fucking passed out drunk off of like a flute of champagne. Not even the whole thing. He took like two drinks of that shit and was like blacked out. Like just well, he's done. Never eaten before. So well, I guess maybe that's true. He literally had nothing in his stomach. Chris. Never. Not one no. time. Not once. Yeah. <laughs> meth and food. Not even once. So he blacks out immediately, just to the <laughs> yeah. floor. And she, uh, cause she, she used to, she's a computer whiz by trade. Yeah, yeah, she did apps in the military. I say did apps because my sister-in-law once asked me if I could show her how to do apps on her phone. Yeah. Yes. That's what a human would call that. <laughs> do apps, yeah. Please do show me apps on phone. Can you show me how to do apps on my phone? Yes. Maybe. I think if that's what if you're using words in a way that I don't think you should, but I think I know what your meaning is, yes, I can show you how to quote unquote do apps. Probably. <laughs> so she uh she does apps and gets into Christopher Lambert's dreams. In order to yep. tell him that things are cool and she is now heavy with child and would be super great if he wasn't a zombie anymore. Yeah. Also, yeah, like, I'm still here for you. Come with me, you know, to a world of pure imagination. And she, she shows up like their theoretical next child or possibly their old child. I'm not 100% sure. I thought it was Christopher Lambert as a child. That's also a fair interpretation of whatever the fuck was going on. <laughs> yeah, there's a dream sequence, folks. There's a child in it. Yeah, and it, Christopher Lambert and the wife. It's one of those three things is what the child represents, probably. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think the I believe Chris, the children are our future. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and so somehow, and then she has to get off of the computer before uh, Boddicker comes, like, finds her in the room while he is recovering from his hangover from having a half a flute of champagne. <laughs> yeah, not only did he pass out immediately from having half a flute of champagne, he also is undrunk almost as quickly. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, man, I wish that'd be amazing. I care. I had half a can of beer. I'm all fucked up. And then I'm going to go drive home because I'm fine now. Thank you. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> so, uh, huh. Christopher Lambert, he's now back to full fighting form. Yep. And he hatches a plan with uh, the rest of the, the cellies. Right, because his wife finds a map to the prison, the fortress, on a holographic crystal. Well, first he a- has he has Jeffrey Cobes reverse engineer. Oh, the yes, the, the intestinator. 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 So he could try to figure a way to get him out of everybody. Yep. Because he's I- he's a gadget man. Yep. He's D Day is his character's name, apparently. I like his backstory where he yeah, was bl- so good at exploding. <laughs> yeah. I'm so so good at blowing bank vaults that I blew the bank vault and blew up all the money. So my compatriots got pissed at me and turned me in. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty fucking funny way to end up locked up in the the fucking supermax prison. The fortress. No, I'm going to use that for a character at some point. I'm going to be like, yeah, I, I, I am the bomber which bombs at midnight, and I got turned in because I bombed too fucking well. <laughs> I'm too good at what they wanted me to do. <laughs> so they uh, they do figure a way to get the things out. Well, basically, they're like, well, you know, like if you put like a magnet, magnets on opposite sides of a piece of paper, and you slide one magnet up, the other magnet follows it. We're going to do that with your guts. God, that sounds just horrible. I mean, because like it's like playing fucking like Marble Madness without being able to see where the fuck what the fuck the maze is. Because your intestines are not like a straight line from your anus to your mouth. Like there are twists and turns. Yeah, and the way they did it, you're basically just gonna die from sepsis because they just are jerking that thing straight through the lower <laughs> part of your guts. Yep. <laughs> Straight up to your throat. <laughs> yeah, there's just a big hole in everything now. <laughs> yeah, all of your all of your intestines are perforated. Yeah, intestines, if you're lucky, you probably clipped your fucking pancreas and your liver on the way up. <laughs> I mean, there's no blood in your liver or your pancreas, Chris. Come on. Or your spleen. I mean, not until you fucking grab the little intestinator and start mucking <laughs> around internally with it. And then there's blood in your everything at that point. Yeah, but fucking skinhead dude is the one who's like, no, I'll, I'll try it first. Like, try it on me in case it doesn't work. And you're like, oh, well, dude kind of finally turned a, turned a quarter. It's not such a shithead now that his friend was neutron cannoned. Yeah. We're not so and, different, uh, you and I. Yeah, you have hair. I don't. That's fine. I I and, also have an intestinator. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so he, he almost doesn't survive, but he does... Survive removing of the intestinator. Yeah, and then Christopher Lambert's like, fucking rad! I want to do that! Yep. <laughs> so they uh, remove the intestinators from everybody. Yep. At least in the cell. So it's uh, fucking Hellbender. Well, there's Kulo, D-Day, Lambert, uh, Ford Lincoln Mercury, and Skinhead. Yeah. And uh, this is when his wife steals, like, the holographic crystal map thing. Yeah. And so, uses uh, Fort Lincoln Mercury to smuggle it down. He's kind of like, 
well, you know, like, my fuck with my parole. And everyone's like, dude, you're not going to get paroled, for fuck's sake. If you haven't been paroled yet, you're not going to be paroled now. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. Yeah, he's like, nah, that's... And you say it like that, this all seems foolish. Yes. So they, uh... They do the thing. They get the map. They use... So the cells don't have bars. They have lasers that go across them that that incinerate everything that crosses them. And so they're like, well, how are we going to read this holographic crystal map? And Jeffrey Combs is like, I'm just going to take the lens out of my glasses, put the fucking holographic crystal into the frame of my glasses, and then use that to hold the crystal through a laser in order to read the map. And not just read the map, but interact with it like you would like in fucking Minority Report. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody yelled enhance at it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but they they drop it and fuck it all up. Yeah. Because it gets hot from the laser going through it and his metal, the metal frame on his glasses conducts the heat right into his fingers. And so, like, it falls outside of the, the, the prison cell and they have to, like, reach all the way underneath, like, like, why didn't someone just take their fucking shirt off and just sweep it, like, just sweep it back in with their shirt? Yeah. That would have been a better plan. Yeah, instead, it's like, oh, I'm going to reach my arm all the way underneath the bottom bar of the cell. And, oh, I burnt my shoulder, but I got it just in time before the fucking, the fucking camera sees me. I was like, or you could just take it off your shirt. And just swept it into back into the cell without any problem. True. I don't mind drama, but like manufactured drama like that, like there's easy ways to solve that problem. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, but they use four Lincoln Mercury to return the the crystal back to Boddicker's office, uh, and he gets it into the little reader just in time. And then Boddicker tries to activate it, but the map don't work so good anymore. And he instantly blames the woman because he is a terrible person. Uh, granted, his only other option was the black man. So I think he was kind of in a catch. He could have blamed himself, I guess. Yeah. If he had really, if he was a good guy. And, uh, and the, but for Lincoln Mercury is like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I thought it looked dirty. So I wiped it down. And he's like, you fool, you smudged it. Yeah. Do you know how much it's going to cost to get another one of these? I'm like, yeah. eh, hopefully not too much, or it seems like a terrible way to make maps. Yeah, <laughs> really? <laughs> you can explode people's guts from the inside with a little metal ball, but for some reason it costs $6.8 million to make a fucking map? Yes. That's that weird. Is. Yep. So that's that's science for us, Chris. I guess so. It's always cheaper to kill people than to make maps. You yeah, know, that, old, that old that old kernel of truth you, that we've all heard. That famous saying. Yeah. Mark Twain said it best. Yeah. <laughs> it's always cheaper to kill people than make maps. So uh it's it's go time the next day. Yeah, because there's some tube tunnel or yeah, some utility tube tunnel thing they're gonna go through that's gonna take them to where they wanna go, which is outside. Yeah. And uh, the plan is that um, 
Ford Lincoln Mercury. Which is a postman reference, Chris, if you didn't catch that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you'd seen the postman. Oh, yeah. Okay. I actually unironically enjoy that movie, which is weird to most people. I mean, it's it's not like it's Waterworld. Yeah, that's fun. I I like that movie a lot. But I I also like Waterworld a little bit. It's I kind of I watched it once and I did not hate it. I don't remember much about it. I mean, Dennis Hopper is being crazy in it, so I that's a solid. Anytime you can have that. And Kevin Costner had gills. Yeah. And who doesn't like Kevin Costner with gills? I mean, I would throw him in the ocean anytime I could. Yeah, give me give me a chance. I would definitely throw Kevin Costner in the ocean. Yep. So uh, their plan is to take the intestinators, strap them to the the tube, start a fight, which will cause the intestinators to be activated. Yep. And, and blow a hole in the tube. And when that happens, it's. Lincoln Mercury's job to go free uh, his his 90s, wife. 90s, 90s woman. Yeah. Now, but the issue is, unfortunately, the complication is that uh, Z10 had seen uh, the 90s woman smuggling the, the gem out of the holographic gem out of the reader and showed it to Boddicker. And uh, apparently Boddicker's judgment is obviously com- you know, compromised. So Z10 is taking over control of the fortress. Yeah. And Boddicker is supposed to stay in his quarters. Yeah. And he's like, I've never been outside my quarters. So sure. Yeah, that's that's already kind of what I was doing, but and Z10's like, oh no, no, I mean you gotta stay out of the control room now, so fuck you. Shut yeah. the doors. And uh he somehow intuits the plan. Right, because no, because what she says is like inmate she lists off the inmate's name. Oh, right, one right. Of, one of one of the inmate names she lives off is one eight seven, and Boddicker's like what the fuck? 187's dead. Like, stop. Don't do not do that. There's something wrong. And then she's like, well, I guess I'm in test and test on 18, everyone. And just blows all of them at once, which blows a hole in the utility tunnel tube. Yeah. And uh, so everybody piles in. And uh, Zed six the cyborg guard things on them. Well, first they she sicks the steam on the the steam vents in the tunnel on them. Yeah, which gets um, skinhead gets burned by them. And he's like, "Well, fuck this! I'm just I'm just gonna surrender like they're asking me to because I don't want to get burnt by steam anymore." And everyone's like, "That's a terrible idea." And he's like, "But I don't want to be burnt by steam anymore." So uh, he attempts to surrender to the clone bots. And they just like light him up. Yep. And then they're like, well, we told him that he shouldn't have tried to not be burnt by steam anymore. And they wait for one of the clone bots to come into the tunnel to flush them out. And they jump him with a shovel. Yep. 
which apparently is one of Stuart Gordon's trademarks, is killing people with a shovel. Mm, gotta kill him with something. I mean, I never noticed that before. I may have to go back and watch some more of his works to confirm that that is actually a trademark. That's true. I don't recall, but... I mean, I'm assuming Reanimator, he killed someone with a shovel because it's fucking Reanimator. And From Beyond, maybe, as well. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I don't know how you would have worked it into Dagon, but... Yeah, maybe if you had a wheelchair-mounted shovel. I mean, definitely probably happened in Castle Freak. A lot of stuff happened yeah. in Castle Freak. Which I still need to watch, but I had trouble getting past the rapiness of the first uh, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll get there eventually. Yeah, just gotta push on through the rape. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's not that rapey. It's just Jeffrey Combs being really fucking creepy. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, so Christopher Lambert, after using shovel foo, steals his gun arm. Yeah, they like they take the fucking mask off this clone, and it just it's it's not a pretty sight. No, it is a cyborg clone. And uh, kind of, yeah, I kind of, if anybody's familiar with Rifts, it kind of reminds me of like a coalition, uh, like partial conversion cyborg. Yeah, they don't look great. No, it's clear why they have the masks on. Yes, do not, they do not go masks off like the future would suggest. It's true. Yeah. And uh, Lincoln makes it up to the penthouse or wherever the fuck he lives. Yeah, Boddicker's office. Yeah. Boddicker's quarters. And uh, Boddicker tries to explode him. He does intestinate him. Yeah. And uh, man, if Lincoln doesn't laugh like a complete fucking maniac about it all. Yeah, he's like... Fuck you and fuck you again, cause fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and he just tosses the fucking intestinator to him. Yeah, I was like, oh man, I would have shoved that intestinator down his gullet and been like, fine, you want to intestinate me? Go ahead and intestinate me, motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, they attack Boddicker, but it's not working so good on account of you know he's like a cyborg. Yeah, like he just like fucking like Vulcan death grips. Uh, for Lake and Mercury, and Nadi's won't even like stabs him with some glass, and he just kind of bleeds blue a little bit, and he's just fine. He's fine. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. Dude, nothing. Not too. But you know, she like said like four times right in the back, and he's like, "Eh, fuck Brutus. I don't care." And uh, the rest of the the squad fights their way out. Yep. Although. D-Day does lose his glasses to damage, and fuck if I did not, like, just totally feel that. Because I don't I don't know what your vision's like, Chris, without your glasses, but I am functionally blind without my glasses. Like, it is like fucking, like, in Return of the Jedi, where it's like, oh, instead of a big dark blur, I see a big light blur. Like, that is, like, almost the level of my vision. <laughs> Uh, I am what minus six and a half diopters in one eye and minus five and three quarters in the other. Yeah, mine's not that bad. Yeah, so uh, that's for Matt. Matt will understand how bad that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah i so i was like oh mood dude mood (laughs) (laughs) and they uh they make their way up to the office well via neutron cannon yeah because the the cannon can't lock onto them without their intestinators because that's apparently what they're keyed to track so they just hop onto the back of the 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 neutron cannon as it just makes its random trip up to the penthouse for no fucking reason. Gotta go somewhere, I guess. Yep. And, uh, and we still have, we have, so we still have, uh, Lambert, Kulo and D day on the, that thing. They're still, all, they're alive and kicking. Yeah. They make it up to the office. Boddicker shows them a camera or a, a screen where they've taken nineties lady to the, the forced they're gonna give her a dead section yeah like they're like oh he's like oh yeah only the only the child survives this this process and you're like I'm like for fuck's sake they know how to do cesarean sections to keep both people alive like that's there's no reason to do like a fucking forcible just kill the fucking mother cesarean section yeah it seems it also seems like it would be in their vested <laughs> interest to just like make a bunch of these things right like i mean they're or, cyborgs they don't take resources and if the woman dies you don't get the 27 dollars a day for her yeah think about that think about the bottom line guys yeah i mean it's not like people are having a bunch of kids anymore <laughs> actually I, I was thinking about that while i was watching this movie is i actually know a lot of couples including my myself and my wife who uh just Start never gonna have kids. Like, it seems like I know a lot more couples without kids than I remember there being back in the nineties. That's true. But although I did know one, because I have an aunt who and uncle who did not have kids. But that is the only aunt and uncle. Well, not that I have a lot of aunts and uncles, but uh, I guess one quarter of my aunts and uncles did not have kids. Fair. So, uh, they see the thing. Christopher Lambert ain't having that. Oh, but it's great though, because Boniker's like, okay, fine. He's like, he's like, you know, if you, if you kill me, I can't, I can't order the the cessation of this surgery off for your wife. And Lambert's like, kind of like, fine, fucking do it. And then Zed's like, oh, and by the way, we don't negotiate with terrorists, so I am not going to allow that command to go through, so fuck all y'all. Yeah. And Boddicker's like, but uh, um, that means I, I, I get killed. And Lambert's like, you're right, it does. And he's like, well, let's <laughs> let's all head down to the operation room then stop this ma- manually instead of through voice commands. I'm totally on your side and always have been. Yeah. <laughs> and not just because you represent the better part of 70 some odd dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so they head down. Uh, D Day is programming his way into the room or some shit. Well, no, he is. They they have him go into the, the room where they control Z10. And he. Ep- uploads the D-Day virus by typing upload D-Day virus. Yeah, it was already in that computer for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how any of that was working. 
Yeah, I just, I don't know. You just tell a computer to do things and it does them. That's programming, right, Chris? Yeah, you can just tell it to upload without having anything to upload or a manner in which to upload it with. Oh, yeah, or any idea of what the fuck it's uploading. Just, I don't know. Upload the D-Day virus. Oh, searching internet for a D-Day virus. <laughs> it's, there it is. Uploading. <laughs> um, but D-Day... And, and that causes, like, the whole everything to go you know bug nutty because it fucks up the entire control system yeah so lights get all weird all the, the clone fucking guys are all fucked up yeah and can we talk about how huge the baby bump on the 90s lady was in this movie it was very very big yeah it was like fucking like four feet tall like she's like lying on the fucking table and there's like four foot of belly above her and i'm like i mm, that mm. Well, I guess the prosthetics team went above and beyond. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole ass person in there, not a baby. No. <laughs> or at least like an eighth grader. Yeah. There, there, somebody was already going through puberty in there is all I can tell you for sure. <laughs> yeah. I know that your baby's not her suit. He just has a beard already. <laughs> Hello, mother. <laughs> Mama. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. But they save her because, of course, they do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, D-Day ends up getting shot by clone troopers while trying, while uploading the virus. And so he is dead. Mm-hmm. And then so but the team team lambert team highlander makes it down to or up to technically i guess the uh the semi transport that's in the top and are going to drive themselves out of the fortress yeah so they they managed to escape they cross the border into mexico yeah which because they're in the desert southwest. Yeah, because they took well, them all the they, way. They were in a desert. We knew that because no life existed within, like, miles of the fortress. Yeah. So they make it to Mexico. They all get out of the truck on account of the, the kids coming. Yep. And the baby is on its way. But Z10 is, like, maximum overdrive the truck. I also thought of maximum overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> It was no Green Goblin truck, but... That is true. And, uh... And so, uh, fucking, uh, Kulo's like, um, guys, I think the truck's acting a little weird, and now it's trying to run me... Oh, never mind, I'm dead. Yeah. And then it, uh... It... Explodes? It crashes into the... The stable, or shall we say, manger that uh 90s lady was giving birth in uh while lambert tried to stop it and you know the 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 poor man and his wife giving birth in a in a manger um and the truck crashes into the stable and explodes and lambert's sad because his his wife and child have been exploded by the truck yeah but and but that just turns out to not be the case cuz he finds them feet away behind some piece of a machinery farm machinery uh with having given birth already so it is the the wife and the child yeah very much not exploded 
Yeah, very much not exploited. And then the movie ends. Yeah, then that's it. They they did it. They had a kid and are in Mexico. Living the dream. Yes. So, uh, Chris, what did you think of this movie? I like it. It's, it is a low budget sci-fi movie, but it, it's totally the kind of low budget sci-fi movie that I can get into. Like they spent their money in the right ways. You've got, you know, some pretty fun people in it. You got your, uh, Christopher Lambert. Always a pleasure. Yep. Yep. Of course, Jeffrey Combs. Can't go wrong there. Oh, what the fuck is Stuart, Stuart Gordon movie, Chris? You gotta have Jeffrey Combs in it. It's true. It's... Which, and he didn't do like his normal voice, which was kind of weird to me. I expected him to sound like, you know, like Wei Yoon or something like that. But no, he just, he sounded like the fucking hippie bomber. Yeah. It, it's got an interesting enough conceit. Uh, Intestinator will never not be the stupidest thing. <laughs> I, you know, someone's like, I don't know, dude, like they put like a bomb in their stomachs and it like it blows up if they're they like, what are you gonna call it? Like, I don't know, like fucking, I don't know, fucking intestinator. I don't know, it's in their intestines. Who knows? Okay, well, we we we're shooting this scene now, so I guess we're going with intestinator. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're all out of cocaine and we started shooting. Intestinator, it is. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, everybody does a, a fine job. Like it's totally serviceable. I, it's fine if you're into a schlocky B sci-fi flick. You'll you'll feel right at home. If you're not, you probably wouldn't like it. But you know, I say with that caveat, it it gets to watch it for me. What do you think, Troy? Uh, this movie was way better than I expected. Like back in the '90s, when I saw this on the the wall of rentable movies at the grocery store I worked at, uh, I thought it looked like garbage, and never watched it. And I'm kind of sad now because I kind of really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I like the prescience about uh, privatized prisons. Um, I love me a good Christopher Lambert. Uh, I love me an evil Kurtwood Smith. Uh, I love me a Jeffrey Combs. It was, you know, I love me a dystopian future. There was, I don't know, this, this ticked a lot of boxes for me. I really enjoyed this movie way more than I expected to. So I will say, uh, and also it looked like if Doctor Who had shot episodes in the 90s, uh, that's what this would look like. So I'm okay with that too. I really enjoyed this movie. I say people should watch it. Mm-hmm. And speaking of watching things, Chris, what are you, what are you and Hotlanta watching next week while I am celebrating Easter? We are watching Army of Frankenstein's. Yes, as suggested by me, who got this in uh, as a horror pack Blu-ray, uh, which, if our listeners know, have been kind of hit or miss over the course of the the year of Blu-rays that I got from them. Uh, I got She Kills, which was not so good, but I also got like. The Fog, which was really good. And The Howling, um, which was really good. And Tragedy Girls, which I really enjoyed. And I think 
the other guys were okay with, if I remember correctly. It was fine. Yeah. And, but this one is another one, and I will not attempt to bias them as to whether or not I think it was good or not ahead of time. I'm curious to hear what their reactions are. So what if other people were randomly mailed Blu-rays they would like us to see? How, how would they well, tell us to watch them? Well, they could email us at slarushprincesspodcast at gmail.slarushprincess.com. They could go to our subreddit at r slash shp podcast they could go to facebook and message us there where we are slaughterhouse princess uh they could go to our discord at discord.slaughterhouseprincess.com and go to the hashtag movie request channel and put their request there uh, if they would like to listen to us in some way other than they currently are doing so they could try one of the other many podcast aggregators out there such as itunes google play iHeartRadio, spotify stitcher podbean those kinds of things and listen to us that way. Uh, if they would like to uh, support us financially, they could go to store.slarspences.com or patreon.slarspences.com and give us money that way. And uh, patrons, I believe we are going to send out a uh, special version of our um, street trash episode that one of our patrons, Christian LeBlanc, has been kind enough to uh, edit for us. So uh, expect to see something about that in the not-too-distant future. And uh, enjoy uh, whatever that ends up being, because I have not listened to it yet. So I hope, uh, I hope, I hope you all enjoy that. And, uh, you know, we try to give you little perks whenever we can, especially because Hotlanta's schedule has kept us from doing the project that I really would like to finish at some point this, this decade. True that. <laughs> so come back next time for Army of Frankensteins. And while their podcast think about movies, we'll drink about movies. Bye. It's only implied that it gets me horny. I don't outright <laughs> state it.